Okay, off to the races. Hello, friends. Greetings. It's your Chapo coming at you. Um, as promised, we are no longer talking about things that are depressing and sad. We are talking about things that are fun and fail. And of course, I'm talking about our neighbors to the north. Oh, Canada. What could, what could, I mean, what could be lower stakes and funner to talk about than an upcoming Canadian election? Fun for and you, maybe. <laughs> we're, we're, we're safe here in the bosom of the United States of America. Uh, so, you know, safe, safe from all political consequences. Um, however, uh, as you may have just heard, joining us for this episode is our official Chapo, north of the border, Canadian correspondent. It's Dan Beckner back again. Dan, what's up? Greetings. Hello, everyone. Um, this uh, is a bad time to live in Canada, I would say. The, the, uh, uh, this election has fucked vibes. That's the only way I can describe <laughs> it. <laughs> well, this, well, we can blame uh, Trudeau for that, right? Because they, they didn't have to hold one, if I'm, if I'm uh, looking at this correctly, right? Like, this is a decision to try to get no. a majority because they figured that they could uh, capitalize on people's resistance to the conservatives uh, vaccine plans or something like that. Is that correct? It's sort of. It's a weird combination of like hubris and un unpreparedness. So they, they called this snap election thinking that they were going to get a majority, but it's basically, I think it, it, the best way to describe it is like a pop quiz that no one is prepared for, including the person who called it. <laughs> so real like Theresa May 2017 vibes here. Yeah. Like no one really seems to have a, a platform that addresses the fact that since the pandemic started, like shit has been getting real in Canada. Uh, there's There's been an intersecting group of crises, both domestic and international, that um, the federal government has kind of fumbled the ball on and no one seems to have any good ideas how to uh, move forward from well it seems like canada is pretty much on the same page as america and the rest of the world but uh, why don't we just start by going through like uh so obviously the, uh, justin trudeau is uh currently um in, he's in charge of the place uh why don't we just start there with justin trudeau and his party and like you know well what, what, what are they running on this election what, what is what is what is what is our friend justin up to they're they're basically running on a bunch of shit that they could have done when they got elected in 2019 and decided not to and then they're just kind of trotting it out again and saying hey uh remember that or actually please don't remember that we promised that we were going to do all this stuff uh here's our platform <laughs> So are they promising to do it like, you know, we're, we're, we're going to get serious. We're going to do it this time. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, top of the list is uh, climate. They they uh, they're basically claiming they're going to bring down emissions 40 to 50 percent uh, below 2005 levels by 2030 net zero by 2050. Totally unclear how they're going to do this. <laughs> Like the platform doesn't really give any information on how they're going to achieve it. They're just basically being like, trust us. Well, I mean, they're Canadian, so I'm guessing it boils down to ask politely. I, I guess. I mean, uh, tree planting, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> they're also like they're also like focusing on jobs because the economy has been so hammered uh, by COVID. So, you know, they they basically said that the Liberal Party, like, quote, took on debt so Canadians wouldn't have to over the last year and, and a half, like putting billions of dollars into job loss, profit decline, you know, all of this during COVID. But what they basically want to do is extend COVID benefits into the fall and uh, 
<laughs> and start a program to uh, invest in tourism. <laughs> this is pretty. I, much- I mean, like, I mean, like, good luck. Like, <laughs> people are for like people are afraid to go to the six. Yeah, like the six, the six is all over the news. It's like I can't even compare it to Chicago ten years ago. It's like I I don't know. It's like I mean, it's honestly like Poland in nineteen thirty nine with what Drake is doing to his enemies. It's true. (laughs) Gangs of certified lover boys are taking people's girlfriends all over, all over Ontario, and now it's spreading to Quebec. There is actually like there are gangs in Toronto, but it does like. I would almost be kind of mad if I was in a Toronto gang because it's like everyone else who doesn't live in Canada, literally the entire world is just going to be like, oh, what? Like, you do you guys fight over like Montclair jackets? I mean, it <laughs> like, doesn't help that every other Drake. It doesn't help that every other day the uh, Toronto PD puts out pictures of guns they've taken from their street and they're like <laughs> fucking blunderbusses. <laughs> like, I, yeah, yeah. I, I love that shit. They're always capturing the guns they used to kill Mel Gibson's son in the yeah. Patriot. Yeah. They grab the spear of Longinus off the streets of uh, <laughs> Toronto. Exactly. They're capturing guns used by the British to fight like in the Khyber Pass. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, those guns, I mean, honestly, the blunderbuss are like, you know, uh, the, the the British musket would be a higher caliber than some of this shit I've seen in Toronto. But usually, the, it's like usually what I see is like this was taken off the streets of the six today, and it looks like a derringer <laughs> that had been at the bottom of the ocean for like a thousand years. They have like their guns, like you could like maybe use them to like fire a warning shot against like a rabbit. Fifty percent chance it's going to take two of your fingers off. All I know is uh, I, I'm going to take my I'm going to like uh, uh, get a uh, Spanish tercio together and just take over the drug trade in Toronto. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm moving up to Montreal and I'm taking over the drug game with one starter pistol that I got from a track and field meet. <laughs> yeah, if you figured out how to put bullets in a magazine, you would uh, basically you basically own that town. You'd be king of Toronto, king of the GTA. Actually, I, I probably I, I could do that in Toronto, but not Montreal, because as we established last time, there's a lot of really serious criminals in Montreal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them dress like clowns, too. So, you're, you know, it kind of throws you off. I was actually just as an aside last night, I was trying to mix a song and I heard this like fucking piercing like really bad theremin music like somebody <laughs> somebody very poorly playing a theremin at like stun volume coming from the street and i was like i can't mix i can't mix this song i gotta go see what this is and i go downstairs and there's a group of like 15 people underneath a giant octopus puppet that's just spewing bubbles <laughs> uh trundling down the street blasting theremin music as as uh part of like a cultural thing that was this happening. Is, yeah, this is, I'm sorry, this is Trudeau. Good Trudeau's luck getting tourists to this hellhole, this terrifying this is, land yeah, of arquebusiers and uh, <laughs> octopus creatures mar- marching in the streets. Yeah, no, Canada is Bioshock. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, uh, well, yeah, I mean, the liberal platform is, it, it's pretty weak, like, one of the things that jumped out to me was uh, they've been they've been talking about pharmacare, like adding pharmacare to their platform, but it is uh, suspiciously absent this round. And what they have replaced it with is uh, recommendations for something called telehealth, which to me is a giant fucking red flag. Like, and by telehealth, what they mean is uh, in the more rural, remote communities in Canada. Instead of going to see the one family doctor, 
uh, you will log on to Zoom. That's like, I don't think that's worked for like anybody. I don't think anyone's ever gotten a good diagnosis from like Zoom doctors. I did that early in the pandemic. I was having like, I didn't know if I was having ulcers or not. And like, it was like being on a Zoom call with me. I hated it. He was like on his phone and shit. Oh, he's really? Playing, he's playing like Candy Crush for doctors, <laughs> where it's like yeah. pills instead he's of little Doctor Mario. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it's like I don't care how like good you are at being a doctor, you're just not going to do a good job on Zoom. No. That's the. I mean, and it's also like, yeah, you're not getting the benefit of going to to a doctor, but then you have to do a Zoom call. Yeah. Fuck it. No one wants to do that shit. No one likes that. We had a Zoom Thanksgiving. It was the worst moment of my life. <laughs> I'm going to relive yeah. it in the moments before I die, thinking about like what my cousin's internet sounded like, how I could hear her, her shit dialing into the grid. <laughs> Do it with a doctor? Yeah, as you're like... Unless he can, unless he can like print out... like Unless he can get into my printer, and no one has a printer anymore. They're making printers worse every year. Unless he can get into the printer and like print quaaludes, no one's going to do it. <laughs> yeah, I just imagine like lifting my shirt up and 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 like sh- like putting my armpit close to uh, the lens and being like, what? So what do you think this is? What is it? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put on a fucking VR headset and be in VR chat with my doctor, and he's gonna be Miles T. Prowler, and <laughs> like that's how he's gonna feel my balls. I'm gonna feel my balls with a glove that gives him feedback sensation, like a Dual Shock. Yes. You can, yeah, you're going to put the haptic feedback pouch around your junk. Yeah. He makes the troll I, face when he feels the lump. That's how I found out I was dying. I would get you as like, as for like a telehealth, like you would get, I would get, I got, I had a better diagnosis when I got like a pimple on my dick and ended up showing it to my dad thinking I had AIDS and he was just like, yeah, no, you don't. You don't have AIDS. I, I also showed it to your dad. <laughs> I was like, yo, I was fucking well, look at this. He's nasty. He needs some antimicrobial <laughs> shit. Oh, man. All right. So, I mean, well, obviously, I mean, like, uh, so the Trudeau and the Liberal Party, I mean, like, this is this is their, I mean, this is just, this is just Justin being Justin. You know, it's just like he, uh, he talks a good game he, about respecting other cultures and wearing their, you know, um, their costumes and skin color. Um, but when it comes to respecting them, it's like, no, we're definitely still building that pipeline over your land. That's exactly it. Yeah. And, you know, like the, the biggest to me, the biggest issue in this election is uh, housing because Canada, because of the way Canada's housing market works with uh, federally backed mortgages, it allows for housing prices to just go up and up and up while wages stay flat. And then the giant fucking all consuming maw of debt gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and none of the parties, not even the NDP, have like uh, have like a coherent or serious plan to address this. Like basically, oh, and the other thing is that twenty percent of uh, Canadian housing stock is owned by REITs, so real estate investment trusts, who own, finance, and sometimes operate uh, commercial like rental property. So it's bad, you know. And the Liberals' plan is to essentially like set up sort of housing what they want to do is they want to get more people to own homes so they want to make it easier for you to get a mortgage or uh or a loan to buy a home without kind of addressing the fact that the bar to home ownership is getting further and further away from normal people because the real estate market is completely fucking unregulated i, I mean like that is the one part of the liberals platform i do think is like pretty good 
everything, whatever group of people we do a bad thing to, our leader will dress up like them. <laughs> yeah. Like as an apology. No one else in the world does that. Maybe, maybe this is a, uh, this is a slightest side, but I was wondering, um, has the issue of the recent discovery that like every Catholic school in Canada is just a mass grave, has that, is that is affecting in this election at all? Is anyone talking about this? Because I feel like that went away pretty quickly. Yeah, they're not after, talking. After they discovered like the fucking temple of doom underneath like every Catholic orphanage in Canada. They're not talking about it nearly as much as you think they would be. You know, like the, the Liberal Party is making some sort of gestures to reparations where they're still like blocking um, uh, residential school survivors in court, like at the same time. So, again, it's like it's just impossible to take them seriously. Well, I mean, as a result of that, I mean, like, it seems like uh, Trudeau is being uh, pushed to the limit and could very well lose this election to the conservative party led by a guy called Aaron O'Toole. Yes. Uh, I'm so pissed it's not Mr. Wonderful. (laughs) That was my hope. What what bad thing did Mr. Wonderful ever do to anybody? Well, I mean, he can't speak French. Yeah, that was it. He can't speak French. That's it. That's the only bad thing he's ever done. He can kill as many people as he wants with his boat, but you got (laughs) to fucking speak French. You ever thought that that person was Jay swimming? <laughs> so I mean, so let's talk about let's talk about the Conservative Party and Aaron O'Toole. Like, as far as um sort of a, a conservative Canadians go, like could describe to our American listeners who is Aaron O'Toole and like what what like what does his Conservative Party look like? Uh, Aaron O'Toole is kind of like we have a lot of these guys here. I think Jason Kenney is one of them. Uh, a lot of the conservative pundits are are, are kind of this type of guy, and they're like. Uh, if you could imagine like a wizard cast a curse on a giant batch of bread and created bread golems, but didn't bake them long enough. Like that's, they're all, they, none of them have belly buttons, you know, they're just like fucking vat grown, uh, weird doughy ghouls. So yeah, the conservative party here is, uh, constantly sort of ping ponging between like, and and we'll get into this later when we talk about the fucking Justin Lang article. But, yeah. Uh, but they're ping ponging between, um, you know, a copy of a copy of a copy of an American idea, which is reform conservatism and just out and out uh, like dog whistling white nationalism. So, well, I mean, it seems like you could be like two kinds of conservative in Canada. You can be the kind of like the sort of Stephen Harper sort of like uh, like like very very dry like just 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 eating crackers with no water like yes just like very dry kind of like like buttoned up dork or you can be like yeah like the kind of bellowing crack smoking populace like the Ford family or Mr. <laughs> Wonderful I mean I mean he's not smoking crack he's getting high off deals he's he's totally <laughs> high off deals yeah. yeah yeah and like Harper Harper's only thrill is uh flying to Albania once a year to go to Ashraf 3 where um MEK uh people just clap and goggle at him as he <laughs> As he as he talks about how they're going to invade Iran, <laughs> not it would be, it help, would be lonely to be like an Iran regime change person in Canada, because yeah. it's like obviously like if you're if you're like a you know pro right sector person, you're still probably for that, but that's not your main thing. Mm-hmm. That's not really your main issue. Like in Canada, everyone's everyone's involved in the Ukraine business. Yeah, it's unavoidable. Well, yeah, I mean, you you brought up this. Uh, this Justin Ling column and like Justin Ling is a guy who writes for McLean's in Canada. I mean, Dan, I know you've had your, you've had your run-ins with Justin in the past. I mean, like what, what, what how, just as preface to this article, how would you describe Justin Ling and his output as a, a, a opinion journal in Canada? He's like, uh, 
he's got goldfish brain or golden retriever brain you know like uh he was a vice columnist and then he uh he had a podcast on the canada land network that was described as the uh chapo trap house of canada but it was just it was just him and uh another sort of golden retriever brain centrist pundit named jen gerson uh and the idea was that they have opposing viewpoints it was called oppo but they basically agree on pretty much everything so the the concept kind of fell apart (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, he has, an, he has this article in McLean's titled Aaron O'Toole, Socialist Crusader. The policies put forth by the conservatives are serious, sensible and pro-worker. They're also impressive when put next to the anemic NDP platform. Um, and he's talking about like, I mean, as to the, the conservative party platform that he's talking about and that would, you know, earn Irish Aaron the title of Socialist Crusader is that he's talking about basically like a, a kind of like a workplace democracy platform is what he de- he describes mm-hmm. it as where they would require uh, federally regulated employers with more than a thousand employees to have uh, worker representation on their board of directors uh, provide tax breaks to employers who sell shares to employee ownership trusts and amend the Canada labor code to give workers a leg up when trying to unionize shops in companies with a history of anti-union activity and give labor unions standing at the Canada International Trade Tribunal to file action against companies. So, I mean, this is like, uh, you know, Ling says that this is an idea that originated in Scandinavia and has become popular in France and Germany and another bunch of com- uh, countries. And he says, you know, I mean, like uh, on paper, right, this, this sounds like a pretty good idea, right? Sure, except the only problem is that's not really what the Conservative Party platform on Labour is. No way. Is. <laughs> no way. <laughs> he says here, it's just uh, these two levers of employee ownership of corporations are fairly radical in North America. In fact, getting more workers on boards was a core policy plank from erstwhile Democratic presidential hopeful Elizabeth Warren. While the ideas of corporate ownership trust was pitched oh. by her rival Bernie Sanders, Vox called it his most socialist idea yet. Fuck. Uh. <laughs> This, so this column was like, uh, I think, the third of, of, yeah, three columns that came out basically saying exactly the same thing from exactly the same type of person. So it was like uh, Gershon Ling and this guy Max Fawcett, who is like a sort of photocopy of a photocopy of Justin Ling. Um, and they, they all seemed dazzled by this, this platform. And, the, and, you know, the hook in the articles was, uh, can you believe it? The conservatives are doing socialist things. But then, like, if you dig into it a little bit, you realize that there's, there's actually a historical precedent for this, and this has all been kind of laid out in centrist Canadian media, like, no less than two years ago. Globe and Mail ran a piece on Jason Kenney, who's the premier of Alberta, um, adopting... So I'll just read from this. It says, uh, Alberta Premier Jason Kenney believes the future of conservatism lives in parties like the Canadian Tories moving away from promoting laissez-faire capitalism and embracing the growing reform conservative movement in the U.S., which sees a role for government in addressing the challenges of working-class people who have failed to get ahead. So basically, the, conservative pla- the conservatives have been working this platform that they, that they cribbed from, like, uh, what was that book that came out in 2008? Uh, Ross Duthat and Rehan Salam. Uh, oh, Yeah grand new party That's brand it. new party yeah yeah so so this this like quote-unquote socialist project is just like a it's like a watered down canadianized version of uh something that ross and rayhan salam came up with in 2008 it's and no that never got anywhere uh in the actual 
Republican Party because there's no actual incentives to do that. It's no. a literally branding operation. Exactly. The next like 10 years of conservative politics in North America are people telling you that like national conservatism is coming and you just you never see any evidence of it. Yep. But it's always coming. It's always just around the corner. It it never happens, and it's always like it's always just like supplanted by like an even crazier and crazier wave of like uh you know now like Q adjacent shit you know. But the the funniest thing about the about Ling calling the conservative platform socialist uh, on the labor plank is that the conservatives like the conservatives approach to gig workers is a carbon copy of Uber's uh, flexible work plus. <laughs> which is which is the ideology behind prop 22 right it's yeah. it's the idea that you will create a third category of worker and the reason for that is that the main architect of this conservative platform is Dan Mater who is a corporate lobbyist for Uber who O'Toole hired back at the start of the year well yeah i mean let's dig into the gig workers thing cuz uh, Ling sure. says here um uh he says uh, these workers, generally speaking, don't have any of the benefits we associate with employment. If they want supplementary health insurance, employment insurance, Canadian pension plan benefits, they'll have to pay for it all themselves. The conservatives are proposing a rather elegant solution, an employee savings account. Gig economy companies <laughs> would have to pay contributions. Oh my God. Wait, is this Lenin I'm hearing from? What the hell? It says uh, gig economy companies would have to pay contributions equivalent to CPP and EI premiums into their gig worker accounts where it will sit tax free to be withdrawn when needed. It's Coronism's back. <laughs> <laughs> he says it's hardly a replacement for a good pension plan or an actual safety net without employee contributions. And considering the hours worked by these employees, these funds will likely be quite modest. And you yet, can end the sentence there. <laughs> yeah, end goes, it there. <laughs> period. Goes, and yet. It's more than the other parties no. are proposing. <laughs> and he says here, so he says, Aaron O'Toole, social Democrat. It seems unlikely that the measures outlined above will start peeling off new Democrat voters or convince the Marxist Leninists and communists to put aside their differences to get behind Aaron O'Toole. And yet these policies are serious, sensible, pro-worker and decidedly conservative in purpose. They look particularly impressive when put next to the anemic new Democrat platform, which is verbose yet shallow when it comes to the tough realities facing many workers in precarious jobs across the country. Oh, is nope. it Justin? How the fuck would you know? <laughs> I, I'm, I just, I, this article is bad. I've like never heard an idea from like Justin Ling or even like a sentence where I wasn't like, this guy's stupid, but he is right about one thing. And it's like the factionalism in the left yeah. movement where it's like, you know, people are saying like Albertan third worldists, they're, they're <laughs> like not real yeah. communists. Marxist Leninists are not getting behind Aaron O'Toole either. That yeah. is really annoying me. That is like the, BC the main problem are not supporting. Uh... <laughs> well, yeah, <clears throat> I mean, he's like uh, the conservatives are cribbing from, you know, Elizabeth Warren, which, which should give you a pretty good idea about how seriously they want to reform capitalism. They're like, let's just get, Let's just get a couple guys from the shop floor on a corporate board, and then they yeah. can be they can be voted down ninety nine to one every yeah. time. I think I think this article in particular, and then what he posted after he posted this article, he posted uh, the the two guys uh, locking hands meme, and it was just like conservatives on one side, communists on the other, and like hating the article in the middle. Uh, <laughs> and I, I think I think this 
Ling article just illustrates like this rot at the center of Canadian media where uh, these people have kind of decided that like a way to feel good about yourself is just if I is to think if I'm pissing everyone to the right and left of me off, then I am correct and I am doing a good job. That's you know? there's a, there's, yeah, that is that is a virus that is um, uh, spreading rapidly in this country as well. That's yeah, why R. Kelly of, should be president. <laughs> 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 no, yeah, it's this idea that like, yeah, like if everybody's calls me an asshole and is making fun of me, then I must be on to something. Yeah, I'm, I'm, there must be some like it's just my ideas are so powerful and correct that all all the usual suspects and by usual suspects, I mean, literally everybody is teeing off on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Another good Ling hit from like a couple days earlier was, uh, you know, the conservatives like put out their platform on Twitter and they posted this. They posted uh, Canada's recovery plan will secure the future for you, your children and your grandchildren, which was 14 words long. <laughs> <laughs> and Ling Ling and his compatriots went off on a tear being like, it says our children. It doesn't say white children. <laughs> but it's like, okay, yeah, you know, probably Aaron O'Toole wasn't himself wasn't sitting down being like, you know, let's just do the 14 words. It was probably like a staffer. But that's worth talking about, I think, in media when, when we're rolling into an election. But uh, this class of media pundit has decided, no, it's not worth talking about. It's our children. It's not white children. So it's fine. Let's just move on. Um, yeah, like uh, just, just one, one more hit from this Ling article. He says, uh, only real policy wonks picked up on a particularly radical proposal from O'Toole's platform. The conservatives are pitching a super EI that would temporarily provide more generous benefits to employees in a recession. 75% of their previous salary as opposed to the 55% status quo. But that, but wait, that's not the radical part. In determining when a province uh, in determining when a province falls into a recession, O'Toole would use the SOM rule, a thus far relatively obscure definition of recession that tracks unemployment, not GDP growth. We currently consider ourselves to be in a recession when the whole country sees a contraction in its GDP over two consecutive quarters. O'Toole, for the purposes of EI anyway, would consider a province or territory to be in recession if the unemployment rate rises by a half a percentage point over a quarter. The SOM rule to this point has largely been used for analysis, not policymaking. Nevertheless, Claudia Somm, who came up with it, was giddy to see it in the conservative platform. I jumped for joy, Somm wrote in a recent blog post. Yes, of course, it's cool to see my SOM rule in a platform. What really makes me happy is that the unemployment rate, not politics, would decide when unemployed, the unemployed get extra financial support. <laughs> okay. So it's a big, big, big up to Claudia Somm and her wonderful rule. It's a mind of Claudia Som. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, so it's so, like, yeah, these are these are the, these are the radical pro worker policies of the conservative party. But like, I mean, I think, I mean, he says at the end, like, you know, oh, it's like uh, uh, the liberals, like their job just got a whole lot harder. And I guess, like, in the sense that, like, uh, if if the conservatives can pretend to come in here and support, like, you know, uh, workers being put on corporate boards or raising unemployment insurance. Or, you know, um, just like so some meager provisions for gig workers in the form of some sort of tax-free savings account that's administered by the companies that, are, that employ <laughs> these gig workers as contractors. I mean, like, but I mean, this goes back to essentially uh, Trudeau and the liberals problem is like, what the fuck are they offering? Nothing. Yeah, that's it. And if like, 
if if your party has hired uh, an Uber lobbyist to help craft your platform on labor, then you should not be taken seriously. The end. Like that's it. <laughs> so I mean, like how 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 is how is O'Toole and the and and the uh, the conservatives like how are they campaigning against uh, Trudeau and the liberals? Like I mean, like what what has been the tenor of this campaign as far as their have they been attacking them hard or they've just been like, hey, we have a positive vision for the future of Canada that we will secure for our precious grandchildren. <laughs> No, they haven't been attacking uh, super hard. I mean, the whole thing has been, I, I would say, kind of like a, a low energy, like people slipping on banana peels every day. Um, it seems like the most damage that's being done to the parties is being done internally by themselves. Like, you know, like three days ago when the uh, Green Party uh, candidate accidentally endorsed the Liberals environmental platform on television. <laughs> that was a gaffe, I guess. But like the... The conservative platform's interesting in that um, you can feel like the the fucking radioactive glow from the uh, Silicon Valley people that they have uh, that they have brought in to uh, help them craft a vision of the future. Um, but one th one thing that stuck out to me is their uh, celebrating Canadian heritage portion of the platform. So they, it's uh, it says many of our monuments and cultural landmarks are in a state of disrepair. That's why the conservative party will. Finish the victims of communism memorial—something <laughs> <laughs> that the Liberal Party is already doing. <laughs> so there's there's a little across the aisle like uh, word. You you can see that solidarity extend to uh, oh all of our foreign policy. You know, there's fundamentally no difference really in any of the parties. We will make sure that victims of communism sit on corporate boards. Yes. We'll make sure that there is at least one victim of communism on every corporate board yeah. in Canada. Every uh, telecom CEO needs to also join the Vitasian uh, rent. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, th those are the two main parties, but, you know, th th this is Canada, not America. So we got some other parties running for office here. And, you know, this, this is like a, like a four or five way race. So what about the, the new Democratic Party? Uh, the New Democratic Party, their their platform is, you know, and again, with the housing thing, like, I think housing is a hundred is like far and away the most the most pressing issue domestically in this election. And their plan is just pretty vague. It's basically 500,000 affordable housing units, 5,000, 500,000, 500,000 affordable okay. housing units. But I kind of feel like the words affordable housing need to be need to be thrown to the bottom of the ocean <laughs> because yeah, they can what, what counts as affordable is really uh elastic shall we say i mean like right here in new york city like you know every, every time that like the, the the city uses money to build the barclays center they're like oh well we're only doing it um if if, if you build like x amount of affordable like you know middle income housing units but like that affordable is uh, determined by the median income of the zip code that the houses are built in, which in Brooklyn is like uh, over a hundred thousand dollars. It's like seventy or eighty thousand yes. dollars a year. Like that's that's the afford that 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 is where the rent is supposed to be affordable at if you're making around eighty grand a year. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's a fundamentally unserious uh, proposal. Their proposal. It's like it's like five hundred thousand affordable housing units, and then uh, they will stop big money investors from driving up costs, whatever that means. You know, like they'll ask them politely once again. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and you know, I, uh, last week you could kind of see where the NDP's head was at uh, with with this 
part of the platform in that uh, one of their one of their candidates from Ottawa was posting about this uh, this plank, right? Like about their approach to housing, how they're going to st- solve the housing crisis, and an account, a Twitter account called uh, the Ottawa Small Landlord Association. Uh, <laughs> pushed back at them and said, wait a minute, what about us small landlords? And this candidate, this NDP candidate, immediately folded and was like, no, 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 we love landlords. My parents are landlords. Uh, mom and my, pop landlords. Mom my, and pop housing providers is what we're calling them now. I, lo- I actually looked this guy, this association Artisanal up, small I, batch uh, landlords. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I looked this association up and it is uh, just one guy. <laughs> Yeah, that's a really small landlord. Yeah, yeah. And, He's renting and, out a dollhouse. He's so small. He's so small. And this one, this one guy, you know, has like a YouTube channel where he posts shit like how to how to evict uh, tenants during COVID. You know, it's just like an hour long instructional video. So like, yeah, the candidate just bending over for this account like immediately is sort of indicative of of I think how serious they are. I love Canada's like ostensibly left parties because it's like you have two anti-Deutsch parties. Yes. <laughs> and the uh the, the guy standing for the uh, new Democratic Party is, new Democrat party is uh Jagmeet uh Singh. Jagmeet Singh. Yep, that's right. Now, uh Jagmeet um like from from what I can tell seems like, you know, as a person like a a a, a pretty cool normal dude, but like the weak tea that he's continues to pour out is like I mean, I noticed this. Uh, our our friend of the show and uh, Chapo Fym affiliate, um, Aaron, who is also yeah. you know a leading commander in the Wexit Brigade. Um, he, <laughs> Le- I left mean, Wexit. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. wants that, he wants hard left Wexit now, and we support him. But uh, the thing he pointed out about Jagmeet and like uh, like his uh, sort of like on the on the on the stump on the campaign is that him and the NDP party they have this weird thing. Where they, where they, where they like condemn the, you know, the malefactors of great wealth, as FDR said. But they'll, they'll say it in a way that he keeps using the phrase, ultra the rich. ultra wealthy, the ultra yes. rich, and he says wealthy billionaires, as opposed to just sort of the, <laughs> yes. the struggling to make ends meet billionaires. It's this weird way of sort of, uh, I don't know, uh, just sort of like softening the blow here, because like. Because, you know, I mean, like a lot of their voters are rich people, too. So totally. they don't want like it's, it's the way rich people don't want to think of themselves as the ultra rich. It's like, oh, no, no, it's just it's the ultra. It's the it's those it's the ultra wealthy billionaires that are the problem and not just the sort of humble mom and pop hundred millionaires. Yeah, yeah. it's like Bobby Axe Axelrod versus that bald guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the other the other thing about the the, the NDP is that you know, there is a provincial NDP government in British Columbia where I grew up that is currently presiding over like the worst opiate crisis in, in Canada. Um, last week, these stats came out, basically the leading cause of death, uh, for men, I think it's aged 26 to 40 in British Columbia is drug poisoning. And, uh, they're also overseeing like one of the biggest mass arrests, for civil disobedience in in this country's history at at Ferry Creek, which is like an old growth logging site. So, you know, there's video of RCMP with the thin blue line badges, fucking macing land defenders. And this is all happening under an NDP government. So it's really hard to take the federal NDP seriously when they talk about like socially democratic change. It's it's difficult for them to get their message across while this is going on. Um, all right. Well, then uh, let's talk about the. Uh the other another party uh the ppc 
who are the PPC? And then there's one there's one PPC candidate in particular that I would like to talk about because I think he he represents a platform that I think all men of stern morality and good conscience can stand proudly behind. Yeah. But like, uh, who who what is the PPC party and what's the, their deal? Oh, the People's Party of Canada. So it's uh, Maxime Bernier's party, and they are basically like um, they're like a tea like Tea Party. QAnon, just right-wing psychos. Like, I'll, I'll just go through their platform uh, right now, very quickly. Um, PCP, uh, or <laughs> PCP. PCP, PCP. I wish PCP it was the party. fucking PCP party. I would vote PCP party. <laughs> Definitely. Like, uh, denim jackets with the sleeves cut off for everyone. <laughs> Beard mandates, vision quests. Um, the, PP, the, the PPC party platform is... Uh, Point number one, end all multicultural funding. All of it. Just, it's over. The, we've, we don't need to talk about race anymore. It's done. Uh, second point, limit immigration. Fire the chief public health officer and replace her with someone who is, quote, not connected to the WHO. <laughs> um, repeal hate laws and drop out of the uh, Paris Accord. And, and there one point that I do agree with, which is defund the CBC. CBC has got to go. Well, uh, there, there is one candidate in particular. Um, uh, th- this, is a, this is a headline from a wonderful Canadian news outlet, uh, The Post-Millennial. <laughs> it says here, PPC candidate calls himself a, quote, semen retention soldier and claims he can breathe into his testicles. Um, Chris, can we, just, can we just queue up that video here? I mean, I'm just like, uh, uh, listeners will be able to hear the semen retention and testicle breathing um, uh, uh, method. But uh, we, we, will now, we will now see a People's Party candidate for St. John Rosse showing off his game-changing testicular breathing message. This we should really put this part behind a paywall. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is... <laughs> is that... Am I hearing his balls? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, no air is leaving anywhere around his skull. It's all coming in and out of the balls. <laughs> okay, uh, for listeners, you, you just heard testicular breathing, but what I saw is a bald man with a beard and a nose ring rocking back and forth and breathing very heavily through his nose. <laughs> That's no, no, I mean, like, yeah, half of it. Half of his breasts were, like, going in and out of his nose. Guess where the other half is going? This is the real. This is the real article Justin Ling should have written about, like the link between leftists and conservatives. One hundred. This guy's the real unity candidate. That's right, Nakula Das. <laughs> uh, yeah, na- na- this guy's yeah, Nakula Das, and I'm just looking at this post millennial article about uh, the semen retention warrior. And right at the beginning of the article, they have an update. They have a correction appended to it. It says. <laughs> A previous version of this said that uh, Piera claimed to, to be able to breathe through his testicles. <laughs> that was incorrect. Piera actually claims to be able to breathe into his testicles. That's right. I so, mean, like, it's easy to make fun of this, but, like, Dan, you brought up how, like, tainted drugs are, like, in, in some places, they're, like, the leading cause of death for young men. You know what the leading cause of death in every other part of Canada is? Sperm jacking. <laughs> that's right. And that's, that's like, right. with, with telehealth, there's going to be more of that. Exactly. I want to I want to re- read you guys just uh, just a brief uh, uh, blurb from his Instagram um, on the value of semen, just so we know where he's coming from, you know. So the vital energy, the semen that supports your life, which shines in your sparkling eyes, which beams 
and your shining cheeks is a great treasure for you. One drop of semen is manufactured through 40 drops of blood. Your glow and your vibrance and your contentment is dependent on saving your essence. I mean... It's the most inspiring thing I've heard, you know, from anyone, (laughs) any platform. Some freaking solutions, okay? Yeah. The rest of these guys just talk, talk, talk. This guy has an actual plan of action for the people of Canada. Breathe through Mm -hmm. your balls and don't come. (laughs) And, you know, like, and, and Canada has this sort of unfair stereotype that everything up there is so dull. Well... It's because you aren't glowing enough. And it's because everybody's just stops nutting, all the time. Everyone's just, everyone's recklessly spilling their seed everywhere. 40 drops of blood went into that, and you're just spraying it into a towel. The most, Low the energy. Most, yeah, the most violent man in Canada is the man who obtains the least semen, Drake. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think he's doing all that stuff? Uh, it just says here, uh, federal candidate for the People's Party of Canada, <laughs> Nicholas Piera, also known as Nakula Das, does not masturbate. In fact, the New Brunswick candidate not only does not masturbate, but he also has become well-versed in the obscure art of what he calls testicle breathing. The self-described semen retention soldier claims to have an endless supply of energy that he uses to spread the knowledge of sexual alchemy all over the world. Yes. Okay, so uh, now, now there, there's some instructions here. This is also from his Instagram. This is uh, testicle breathing. It's a, so so uh, there's some instructions here on how to do this in case anyone wants to glow and retain limitless real energy. Breathe deeply into your balls, imagining your testicles expanding like lungs. When you exhale, imagine your testicles deflating like your lungs would. Most men never breathe into their balls consciously. This simple practice can be used to simulate your hashtag sex energy and begin to rotate it around the microcosmic orbit. All right, gentlemen, uh, we are, I mean, everyone, everyone here on mic here, we are all um, testicle havers. I have never, mm-hmm. I have never um, tried to breathe into my testicles, but just like for if you would just join me here for a second, let's see if we can, okay. we can channel, right. let's see if we can retain our glowing essence by breathing in, not not through our balls. I mean that that's ridiculous. I mean yeah. you know you my uh, yeah. my, do- my dog is looking at me and I have per- performance anxiety right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you took away his ability to do this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, he knows what you're. You'd just be taunting him. Yeah, you're eating in front of a starving prisoner. You're doing math in front of a Polish person. That's what this is like. <laughs> All right, okay. So, I mean, maybe, uh, maybe I'll just do it. I'm just, I'm right. just like, okay, I'm going to breathe in. And just, right. I'm imagining my balls okay. inflating. All right. And as I breathe out, I'm imagining them. <laughs> okay, I mean, like, okay, just, just, just on just first blush here, it felt a lot like just breathing. Mm-hmm. No, but I didn't. It, no. But but I did imagine my balls getting bigger. And as, as I inhaled, I sort of felt like maybe they did get bigger. <laughs> uh, I'm you? imagining them playing Scotland the Brave. <laughs> I saw. So I'm going to tell you guys what I saw. My balls blew up to the size and shape of a bouncy castle. And all my dead relatives were playing on it. <laughs> <laughs> they started to guide me through my life. Now, you know, of course, because, like, you know, this is way more interesting than, like, the super EI or whatever the fuck Justin Ling was talking about. So, yeah, yeah. Of Canadian course I, DARPA. That was another, <laughs> uh, yeah. Literally uh, first, a program in the conservative platform. We are going to do Canadian DARPA in the uh, the, the now bombed out downtown Calgary. They're, they're going to build, build a fucking Gundam. Figure out how to make actual uh, bacon. 
Ava would suck. <laughs> Ava would suck so much if it took place in Calgary. Oh yeah. Could you imagine? That's what he's yeah. trying to do. Yeah. Totally. So I mean, I did I did a little more research on my own from uh, tantricacademy.com about um, testicle breathing. It says here, uh, when a man is unaroused, the energy in the testicles is in the cold yin state. Okay. Testicle breathing guides this cold energy from the testicles up the spine and into the head. Here it stimulates and activates the pineal and pituitary glands. Dr. Joe Dispenza has researched ancient yogic knowledge. This is what he said about these kinds of exercises. When we inhale through our nose and at the same time squeeze our intrinsic muscles, we accelerate the cerebrospinal fluid into the brain. As we follow the movement of energy to the top of the head, then hold our breath and squeeze, we are increasing ithrothecal pressure. The increased Uh. pressure moves the cerebrospinal fluid from the fourth ventricle through a small canal in the third ventricle. At the same time, fluid travels around the cerebellum, compresses the crystals of the pineal gland. So, I mean, you know, I mean, shit, like if you want to open up that third eye, I mean, like the pineal (laughs) gland is, is is the gateway to, um, you know, other realities, other dimensions, and they all flow through your balls. That's why Jewish people get circumcised. <laughs> like, we made up some shit about how, like, God told us to, but really, it just, like, it's like putting a spoiler on the rear of your car. <laughs> Increases airflow. Oh, wait, it says here, um, testicle breathing only works if you have not ejaculated for 30 days. So, uh, uh, well, well, I'll check, check back here in a month. Oh, uh, fuck. I was with this, but now this is like Obamacare all over again. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I went to the fucking, I went to the semen website and I already have to not be coming. <laughs> like it's fucking, it's like, it's, it's like early evening. I've done it four times. <laughs> Another failed platform in Canadian politics. It's just, it's a fucking desert. Is there anything, is there any like candidate or like anything that like, you can look at and I'm not going to say it gives you comprehensive hope, but you're like, Oh, that's like pretty good. I don't yeah, mind the, that. Uh, the communist party of Canada, Canada's ol- oldest, uh, political party. And the only party with, uh, in my opinion, like a serious platform, <laughs> like fundamentally serious. Everything else I feel like is, uh, totally unserious, especially like- con- considering like, all of these sort of interlocking crises that are that are happening right now, you know, due to COVID. So I'm just looking at the bottom here of the benefits of testicle breathing. And one of the benefits is removes sexual frustration, tension and stress. And it's just like, well, yeah, jacking off does that, too. Mm-hmm. And like, and, you know, jacking off is something anyone can do. Yeah. You know but this is, I mean, this is like the like antibody cocktail versus the vaccine. <laughs> like if you jack okay you can do that by jacking off but that's like five six seven times a day and it's like who has time for that like yeah you could definitely keep getting covid and take the antibody cocktail or like ivermectin or whatever but that's like that's the whole thing just get the shot you know just yeah like do ball breathing i'm gonna do i'm gonna do opposition research on nikola das by um just hanging around his house and trying to catch him jacking off (laughs) (laughs) just just have a uh uh, like a like a like a sort of counter protest outside his house with just hot babes i would love our wash i would love that if it was like how the the cia trying to delegitimize castro like they just (laughs) <laughs> like you got like the the Mounties just think he's the greatest threat to the ongoing order, mm-hmm. and it's like oh we're gonna we're gonna make it so his TV only shows GoDaddy ads. <laughs> <laughs> All 
right. Dude, well, DeSorano ads from the. Uh, oh yeah, my god, that DeSorano oh, ad. Fucking oh. hot. That's Dude. the reason I can't start that. Like, shout out Molly. Thing. Yeah, Jim. Shout out, shout, shout out Queen Molly for that poll. DeSorano's warm and sensual taste makes you wish it would never end. I mean that that commercial is from the mid two thousands, and it was like. I, I totally forgotten about both DiSorono as a liquor and that ad, but it is the funniest thing I've ever. I mean, the look on the bartender's face at the end after that woman mouths the ice cube <laughs> is just like he's doing the he's doing a proto Nicholson nod. They're just horny oh, for yeah. for a low ABV sugary ass drink. <laughs> I, I mean, like, it was too much. Like this, they banned it. They banned horniness at that point. Yeah, yeah. Obama after Obama, like okay, so it used to be if you wanted to advertise a product, it was like. This is like you are going to have sex on the spot when you yep. use this product. And like ever since Obama, that's not been a thing. I mean, t- Obama replaced horniness with ball breathing. Yeah. You know, just we've been uh, we've been we've been we've been relieving sexual tension and energy, not through GoDaddy commercials or DiSorono liquor. We're doing it by um, recalibrating our pineal glands through uh, semen retention and ball breathing. I haven't only- seen any GoDaddy and- commercials recently, but I bet it's like, you know, it's like a guy on a yarmulke, like skateboarding. And it's like, GoDaddy's where you express yourself. And it's like, no, <laughs> GoDaddy's where I jack off. It's the only <laughs> site for porno on the internet. <laughs> The only the only downside of electing Das is that uh, he will immediately declare a fatwa on the lady Eminem and all images of the lady Eminem. <laughs> the green Eminem is any depiction of the green Eminem is now haram. All right. Well, the closing's out today. I've got a uh, I've got a I've got a special Canadian reading series from a guy who I think. Um, uh, I, I think he has earned the title of the basically uh, Toronto's John Cass. I'm talking about I'm talking about the legendary scrawler Joe scrawler. Warmington. Joe Warmington is a, uh, a Toronto Sun columnist, and yeah, he is basically kind of the Canadian version of uh, John Cass. And uh, uh, this column is uh, titled. By the way, this column I had to find on the uh, this is, is available on the Internet Archive Wayback Machine because it was taken down by the Toronto Sun for reasons that will become apparent <laughs> as, it, as, as I read it. But this is uh, Joe Warmington. We seem to applaud gang culture. Uh-oh. He writes here, Get within two meters. The city calls you selfish and dangerous. Say the following on live TV, like former Coach, Coach's Corner host Don Cherry, and you lose your job and are branded a racist. Quote, you people love your, our way of life. You love our milk and honey. At least you can pay a couple bucks for a poppy. That's what Chris talked about. <laughs> when Don Cherry <laughs> was getting mad about not people not wearing the poppy. Oh, that was a big deal up here. Yeah. So angry. He is says that, it is like, do, people obviously in Canada do not go as crazy at the poppies as the Brits do. Right, no. like it's. Uh, I'd say like like there's a specific type of columnist that wants us to go that crazy. Is there yeah. like there isn't even like a Canadian Gallipoli or anything, right? Like they didn't get uh, Ed Z- as owned as Dude, uh, as the other Commonwealth powers did during that. There's about to be once I get this thumb drive with the old anarchist cookbook in it to Alberta. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna see Gallipoli times ten pussies. Let us secede. Yeah, the battle for Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Dude, me and Aaron raising the flag. Um, so it says here, uh, yeah. So if if you say like if you go on TV as Don Cherry and tell people to uh, to to wear the damn poppy, uh, you lose your job. But if you rap, got hoes that I'm keeping in the dark. I got my across the street living large, thinking back to the fact that they dead. And you're an ambassador for the NBA champion Toronto Raptors. Oh boy, things are backward. <laughs> Toronto is still reeling from the brazen daylight slaying of 21-year-old rapper Houdini. A 15-year-old boy and a 27-year-old woman were also struck. If only three people shot in broad daylight in Toronto's entertainment district struck as much a nerve as the pandemic picnickers did in Trinity Bellwoods Park. Other than to say it makes him very angry that a few people take a safe city and turn it into a situation like this, Mayor John Tory has been quiet. But on the cherry blossoms, he closed down, but on the cherry blossoms, he closed down High Park. On people getting too close to walking their dogs, he introduced $1,000 tickets. One too many congregating at the park, he scolded people like criminals. Now bringing in his George Orwell-style circles to kettle people while gangsters shoot and kill as part of a culture that comes with a soundtrack of racist, misogynistic, and violent tracks. Even Houdini foreshadowed his future in his hit songs. Cherry lost his career over next to nothing, while Drake isolates in his bridal path mansion, bragging about his new lake-sized pool. Houdini is dead. If he'd committed a social distancing violation, perhaps someone would have intervened. Now, uh, he, this is obviously all an assault on Drake and the fact that he is, you know, an, a, a sort of uh, a global ambassador for Toronto and the Toronto lifestyle. Mm -hmm. uh, this, the, this column was taken down by the Serrano Sun, though, because uh, the, the lines that he attributes to Drake, which are, once again, got hose and I'm keeping in the dark. I got my across the street, living large, thinking back to the fact that they dead. Um, Drake uh, never. This this not a no. Drake, Drake like he <laughs> think, like this is like he thinks Drake is like drilling shit. Like no, Drake doesn't think that. Like this is insane. Like the story of Houdini is insane. It's an insane story, and there is a lot of insane like Toronto gang stories. It's not like really like it hasn't gotten quite as crazy as like Chicago or Jacksonville or anything, but like. It is very darkly funny to pin this on Drake. Yeah. The idea that like all these gangs started because they saw Drake in 2014, <laughs> like singing about like red messages and being like, oh, I have to like kill everyone. <laughs> I want to be just like him. So I'm going to start a gang. He's hooked an entire generation of Canadian youth on taking half a Xanax on during an international flight. Yeah, it's like this is like saying like that the gangs in Chicago started because of cool in the gang. <laughs> That's where Larry Hoover got the idea. So, yeah. And then uh, I was just, I was just going through Joe Warmington's archives and he has done about 30 columns in the Toronto sun over the past two weeks, referring uh, to the, uh, what he refers to as the Terps in Afghanistan being left behind. And by that, I mean, he trans means trans exclusionary <laughs> <laughs> radical profusionists. Yeah. Profusionists. Yeah. Oh, yes. okay. Uh, damn. That's what Lovell believes. <laughs> damn. First JK uh, Rowling. Now him. Uh, no, the Terps of course are the, the interpreters. And like I said, I mean like that's what the Warmington's columns are like, like I said, like for a reading series, that was really quick. Uh, it was like basically two paragraphs, but I mean, he just, Scrawler, he just he just he just fucking churns these things out, man. He's a content fountain. He's not like John Cass, where John Cass, it's like, well, like got up this morning and uh, you know peed in three streams as always. One of them's black. It's been that way for the last year. <laughs> a, a, a bird came in and like made a cry that sort of sounded like the word fat. Um, 
<laughs> there were seven dead rats leading to my doorstep. <laughs> my wife, my wife hid the maple syrup. There's not a lot of it, you know, expo- expository writing with the with the scrawler. Yeah, no, there's there's I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, I, I, he, he is kind of the, the Toronto John Cass in that he is just like he's like, you know, Don Cherry can't go on TV and tell immigrants to go home. But Drake can talk about, you know, running through the six doing littering. Get yeah. it out of here. Things are backwards. But he like because I mean, it's like kind of sums up the difference in Canada and America. It's just he doesn't have he doesn't have the same instinct to share details from his own personal life, which makes it, you know, I mean, maybe he's not the Canadian John Cass because like you got to You got to have you got to have that anguish. You have to have that personal. Yeah, you have uh, to be miserable. Sort of like existential yes. fucking pain in everything. And then Poor he's just mint. kind of a, he's just a guy shaking his fist. This is why I like Donda better than CLB. Like, yeah. CLB is like not bad, but it's like, man, this isn't like this isn't human. Donda's human. John Cass is human. John Cass is. Like, I want to kill myself to eat sausage. So I guess we could. We're coming here to the only reasonable conclusion: Canadians are not human. Yes. Yes. Well, no. There's a reason the entire world consumes American art, but like there are only a few things that make it out of Canada, and they're like that. They're, they're, they're they're genius products. It's Drake. It's Trailer Park Boys. It's uh, nothing else. Kids in the <laughs> hall. You can't think of any more. Kids no, in the hall. Nothing. Nothing. Cronenberg. Uh, yeah. No, all, no, there is a, there is a lot of like there is a lot of good Canadian shit, but it doesn't like you know Americans. We put our shit out there in the world, and it's we turn people. We like bite them on the arm, and they become like everyone becomes a little bit of American. No one's becoming Canadian. That's true. The Canadians just become American. Exactly. Well, well you have I mean, to if you yeah. want to get anything out. <laughs> I mean, to, to close, to, I mean, to close out the. Uh, I think. I think the final, uh, really, the the final nail in the coffin of America's uh, dominance over Canada. We just talked about how Drake, you know, is Canada's biggest cultural export. You know, he's making an impact on the world. He showed everyone about the six. But who has now displaced him as? the world's foremost owl guy. That's right. Me, Will Menneker. <laughs> oh man, yeah. That that Ovo shit is over. As soon as as soon as soon as I'm out there with a great Eurasian eagle owl on my wrist, the open step, wind in my hair, Drake, it's over for him. It's over for Ovo. Will Menneker is the reign of the owl. The court of the owls begins now. Did you uh did you look directly into its eyes? Yep. What did you see? Uh, it's not so much what I saw, but what was taken from me, which yes. is my soul. But it's being guarded. It's being like my soul is in a safe place now. It's in the owls. <laughs> an owl is like for your soul. An owl is like those little things in airports and bars where you can charge your phone. It's like Aaron O'Toole's employee savings account. Yes. <laughs> yes. Your soul grows. For your soul. Imagine 1.8% compounded interest on your soul every year. By the time uh, you retire, you have two souls. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, my soul is, is currently, it's with the owls now. I mean, they have it. Um, I, 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 I expect they're going to take good care of it. I mean, it's, it's, it's in their possession. But in exchange for that, through semen retention, I will be greatly crystallizing my pineal gland. So whatever I lose in sort of soul loss, I will make up for in warrior-like real energy that comes from never nutting. 
That's why the doctor feels your balls. Like doctors are all, they all work for the deep state. Mm -hmm. A lump in your balls means that there's crystal forming and chemotherapy destroys that. And what are they all, everyone knows that everyone's had a, th a relative that's gone through chemotherapy. What do they always tell chemo patients? You have to jack off four times a day. That's what the MRI is doing. The MRI is like a big fleshlight you go into. They're trying to prevent the great third eye awakening. Yeah. Well, I mean, we went on this, uh, this, this, uh, this, this falconry excursion with our, our friends from uh, New Mexico. And uh, one of the things um, our, our friend told me was that uh, in New Mexico, of course, owls are, uh, there's, there's a lot of um, um, sort of like indigenous folklore and mythology about owls that they are, they, they basically like they are the, the, the guardians or conduits for the souls of the dead. And a lot of that, like the main reason is because owls are the only bird that can look you directly in the eyes. And, I would be uh, so fucking mad if my guardian, the guardian of my soul after I died, like flew into a window. <laughs> I feel like such a fucking asshole. Or a jet engine. Yeah, you, it would be like when you, you get to your terminal and your flight gets canceled. Your soul's just standing around there like, well, okay. You're I guess I can go to Soul Cinnabon. Your soul's uh, tasty half sandwich at the bottom of the dumpster crawled in and then got trapped in there and died. Yeah. Well, my, my, I was supposed to like go to the land of the dead, but my soul like got run over. My soul escort got run over, and now I'm going to the, the soul Brookstone to read a, a soul John Grisham book. Yeah. <laughs> You're well, stuck at the Soul Hudson News for the rest of eternity. It's <laughs> <laughs> not so bad. You can get soda there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all of the books are just <laughs> killing yourself by Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> <laughs> in, in the Hudson News purgatory. All right, well, let's, uh, we, should, we should wrap it up there for today. I'd like to uh, thank, once again thank uh, Dan Beckner for joining us on this the, the Road to the Northern Lands. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me on. And uh, if you haven't already, please check out uh, his your new your podcast, The Bottleman. Yeah, Bottleman podcast, two episodes a week. Uh, and if you like the music, I have a music Patreon as well. We will have links to both of them in the show description. Dan Beckner, always a joy and a pleasure, sir. And uh, good good luck with everything up in Canada. I hope the election turns out oh, oh well. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see. <laughs> All right, and bye-bye uh, to our listeners. Remember, uh, breathe into your testicles, yeah, yeah. not through them. Bye-bye. Bye. I mean, where the fuck should I really even start? I got hoes that I'm keeping in the dark. I got my niggas cross the street living large. Thinking back to the fact that they dead, thought my raps wasn't facts, so they sat with the bars. I got two phones, one need a charge. Yeah, they twins, I could tell they ass apart.